Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week four recap of the college football season. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. You can look us up on Twitter and Instagram. Send me an email, Talk at gmail.com. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you get your podcasts, make sure to leave a review. It gets us more traffic and just more feedback more feedback the better but if you love the podcast make sure to leave a review to write something be honest be honest whether you like the podcast or you're like this this is terrible and you know be kind about it if you can but you know honest feedback we'd love that uh, it'll help us to to keep the podcast getting more exposure a couple things a couple just housekeeping notes before I dive into the recap one uh, I want to apologize. Uh, on Saturday, I was just not in a great mood, and I, I try to live tweet when I can. I, I can't always live tweet because I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm coaching my son's flag football team, which is awesome, by the way. I love that I get to do that. But I don't always get to live tweet, but I was doing a little bit after my son's game, and I was just in a an irritable mood. And I I did not say some charitable things uh, on Twitter. I, I ended up – I think I tried to delete them or at least stopped – I stopped tweeting. But I just – I want to if, – if I offended anyone, I want to ask for forgiveness. And, you know, I dishonored the Lord in with my heart and I, I may have dishonored some of you. So I just want to apologize, ask for forgiveness um, from you all. Um, Sports, you know, I, I don't want sports to be something that gets me so angry that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking really negative things about people and I let myself get there and yeah, I, I need to, that, that's a part of me that needs to change. And, um, so yeah, I want, I want to apologize for that. The, the other thing is I realized the first couple of weeks, my recaps, I did some recaps like right after games and that's probably not going to happen much much at all the rest of the way um mostly just because I'm too old <laughs> to stay up that late if I'm honest uh i so i typically recap videos are going to come either monday or tuesday morning this one will be on tuesday morning and then there'll be another pod either thursday or friday about the, the games. Honestly, I'd love to stick to a more consistent schedule. The reality is the way that my life is right now, I can't do that. So 
that's just the way it is. I'll make sure to post about it and uh, tweet about it and whatnot when when I drop a pod. But you can you can guess either Monday or Tuesday, and then either either Thursday or Friday there will be something. Uh, even if it's a five minute snippet to say I didn't have time to do anything, uh, I'll I'll try to do something. So those are my housekeeping notes. Let's just get right into it. I thought that this week I'll start with the national picture. I thought this week solidified that there's three teams and everybody else, and that's Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. And when I do my top ten on Thursday, either Thursday or Friday, you will see I. I think one, two, and three are easy. I think they're fairly interchangeable. I still have Georgia one. Like, that's that's easy for me. But I think the gap is really, really close between Ohio State and Alabama. I know Georgia struggled a little bit with Kent State, and, I mean, they did. They struggled. The fact that Kent State could score 22 points on them, it's like, oh, there might be a hole there. They were sloppy. You know, they're capable of a sloppy game. Uh Alabama has, you know, they haven't really beaten anybody. And even the team that they beat, it was with their backup quarterback who was injured. And by the way, that team just lost their second game of the season. So, and then Ohio State, they've beaten two Power 5 teams. But again, Wisconsin and Notre Dame aren't very good. But they've dominated. All three teams have dominated. All three teams have elite talent. And then you get to the four spot and beyond, and you're like, who am I putting it for? I mean, I think you could put Michigan there, but they played a bunch of nobody, and then they they finally get a decent opponent in Maryland. And honestly, if Maryland had a different quarterback and had more discipline, I think Maryland wins that game. And that's not a shot at Talia. It's just he's he threw the pick that you can't throw at the end of the game. And that's what he does. If you have Tua instead of Talia in there, I think Maryland wins that game. So, I mean, is is Michigan four? Is Clemson four? Is USC four? Is Tennessee four? Is Penn State four? I don't know. And the, the reality is I just don't think there's a great case for anybody. So I, I think one, two, and three have separated themselves a bit. And I think... Other teams have opportunities to get in that conversation for sure. Obviously, Penn State and Michigan, they play they both play Ohio State. They're gonna have a chance to do that. So obviously Tennessee and Kentucky are gonna have a chance to to make some noise. But I just don't I, I just don't know what to make of the current landscape. I think you have three really, really elite teams, and then you have a bunch of people who are who are good. And so I think that's the national landscape um, right now. Let me let me kind of get more specific. I'll start with Ohio State, Wisconsin. You need to understand Ohio State did not have their best receiver. They didn't have their top three corners. And if not for a 75-yard run when the backups were in, Ohio State would have held Wisconsin to, I think, 220 total yards. That was without their top three corners. It was without their best receiver. That's really good. Like, I know that's a duh statement. And listen, I've said I, Wisconsin, 
Wisconsin is going to struggle this year, at least early on, because they're really young. And Graham Mertz, he has good moments, but he's he's not consistent, and we saw that this past week. So I, I the, the thing I take away from Ohio State is that they blew out uh, a a typical Big Ten West uh, contender without you know four of their top players. Plus, I I don't think C.J. Stroud had a particularly great game. He's seventeen of twenty seven. He was not as efficient. He he, had, he threw a lot of balls high. He threw the pick at the end of the first half, which I I just didn't think was a good pick. And they still they were up forty five to seven going into the fourth quarter. I mean, that's crazy. If you told me C.J. Stroud would play his B game, you didn't have Jackson Smith and Jigba, you didn't have your top three corners, I would have thought it would have been at least a little closer. And it wasn't. It, it was not close. It was over midway through the second quarter. And I think for Wisconsin, the youth really shows. I don't think they're the, they're the, the main contender in the, in the West right now. And we'll talk about who is in a, in a few minutes. But I think Wisconsin... I think Wisconsin could be a seven and five team this year. Like now, granted, they are, you know, they're in the West, so I mean, it's not like they they don't have a murderer's row schedule. But I, quite honestly, I'm not sure if they make it out of Illinois or if they make it out of the Illinois game with a win, because I think Illinois actually might be better than we thought. You know, and then they've they've got Maryland. I'm not sure Maryland is a gimme. They've got Purdue. I don't think Purdue's a gimme. They've got Minnesota. They've got Iowa. And Iowa, I mean, Iowa doesn't have an offense, but I mean, if you're turnover prone, which Graham Mertz can be sometimes, that's really, really bad. So I, I real concern for Wisconsin moving forward. Speaking of Iowa, I'm, I'm going to go to the Iowa Rutgers game. I believe I said Iowa would beat Rutgers 34 to 10, and it would be off the backs the back of a lot of defensive scores because Rutgers is the type of team that they have to try really hard on offense to get points. Iowa would capitalize on that; they would turn them over. Iowa wouldn't score a lot of points on their own, but they uh, offensively, but they would they would force turnovers. Well, guess what? Iowa didn't win. 34 to 10, they won 20, 27 to 10. They had a pick six, they had a fumble return for a touchdown, they kicked two field goals, and they had one offensive touchdown. That's Iowa's offense, is their defense. They can't keep doing this and expect to get to where they want to go. They've got to produce an offense. Rutgers is still, Rutgers still, you know, they're getting better. I think Shiano is the right guy for that job. And I think you could make an argument that Rutgers might make it to bowl eligibility, but it's going to be tough and it's going to be close. And Rutgers still does not have the personnel to overcome mistakes. And so Rutgers has to play a lot of perfect games to get wins. And that's going to be hard, especially as the schedule gets tougher. They get Ohio State next week. So both teams, you know, Iowa, good for them. They get, they get a, a win, but 
I, I just don't know if you're Iowa, how much can you rely on your defense, which is what I've been saying all year long so far, is that at some point the law of averages kicks in. Iowa won a lot of games with that defense last year. But if you can't produce on offense, it's going to come back to bite you. So uh, Iowa 3-1, and one, Rutgers 3-1. and one. We, uh, We're going to move from there to Illinois, who I think might have a little juice, not just to get to bowl eligibility, but maybe, maybe to be a dark horse in the West. Chattanooga is not a terrible FCS team. And what you want to see teams do to FCS teams is you want to just see them dominate. Well, that's what Illinois did. They were up 31-0 after three quarters, and then they shut it down. Chase Brown had 108 yards on 20 carries. Tommy DeVito, 329 yards, three touchdowns. Illinois was, they dominated a lesser opponent. I think you can make a case that Illinois probably should be 4-0 right now, which is crazy. And now they get Wisconsin, which I think is a a big-time game for Illinois to kind of see, okay, where is Illinois as a program? Like, are they ready to take the next step under Brett Bielema? So really good game by by Illinois. I still I, – I like – like, honestly, going for, to the Illinois-Wisconsin game, I'm not sure there's a, a pair of more important players than Chase Brown and Isaiah Williams. Like, I think they can make life hard for the Badger defense. I'm not saying that they that the Badgers won't be good on defense. I'm just saying they can make it hard for the defense. So I thought I, I really like Illinois. I think they're they're steadily improving. I I think you know I'll go to Indiana who got steamrolled by Cincinnati. Indiana was not is not as good of a team as Illinois, even though they won. And listen, Indiana is three and one. They have a three and one record, but they're a one and three team, and that's and, and a lot of that. It's not a shot at Indiana. I think it, it's more credit to Tom Allen. Indiana beat two teams that they're not as good as Western Kentucky and Illinois, and that, that's huge for Tom Allen, like to to build momentum for that program. And again, they have winnable games left on their schedule, but the reality is, I think Cincinnati. The Cincinnati game finally showed us who Indiana is, which is they are a team that is not very talented that is overachieving right now. And so good for the Hoosiers in the sense that they, you know, they they went 3-0. They have some winnable games left on their schedule. You know, I think Michigan State is winnable. I think Rutgers is winnable. That I think there might be one or two more games that might be winnable for Indiana. But the reality is Cincinnati kind of proved that, that Indiana is not – they're not a mid-tier team in the Big Ten still. Like they're, they're still a, one of the lower-tier teams right now. And I, I say that knowing that Cincinnati – while Cincinnati is good, they're, they're not like last year. They're not an elite team like last year. And so I think it just gives us perspective with Indiana. Speaking of perspective – Michigan State is not good. Like they're they're not. And I and I said this in the beginning of the year that Michigan State it, it's it's similar with Iowa. It's the law of averages. Last year Michigan State killed it in the transfer portal with Kenneth Walker the 3rd. 
killed it with him. And they had a good receiving core. But coming into this year, you know, they hit the transfer portal hard again. It's hard to be consistent, like to consistently hit with with good players to to transfer in and be starters and be playmakers immediately. So that's already one thing. But the second thing is everybody kept saying Michigan State's bringing so much back on defense. They were the worst pass defense in the country last year. And so I, I kept hearing that, and I'm like, this is, this is dumb. You can't brag about bringing back all these defenders when they were the worst group in the FBS last year. And we're seeing that now. Like, they, they got torched by Michael Penix at Washington, and now they, they played Minnesota, who is not, you know, they're, they're a competent passing team, but they're not a great passing team. Tanner Morgan was 23 of 26 for 268 yards and three touchdowns, and he did that without Chris Ottman-Bell, who I didn't realize he's out for the season. But, like, like he's their best receiver, and he was out. And they still torched him. I mean, it was 34 it's it was 34-7. It was for all intents and purposes, it was 34-0. Like Minnesota's defense locked down Michigan State's offense. And Michigan State could not stop Minnesota. Like Minnesota, I th- I think Minnesota's pretty good this year. I've been saying it. They're my West pick. But Michigan State has a lot of issues right now. And it's not getting easier for them. They get Ohio State in two weeks. You think that their secondary is going to like lining up across from that wide receiving core? Possibly with Jackson Smith and Jigba coming back? Yeah, hello. And they also got to deal with Michigan and Penn State? And Maryland? Really? I mean, it, that's... Like I said, and, and before I jump off of that... People are giving Mel Tucker a lot of crap and Michigan State a lot of crap for paying him $9.5 million, saying that they jumped the gun on paying him. Listen, this is not a Mel Tucker problem. There has been a talent deficiency on Michigan State since D'Antonio left. And they're recruiting. They're trying to get that roster better. But again, the reality was last year, Mel Tucker did one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen. Brought him to 11-2. and two. They were a Big Ten contender. And the reality is, this was always going to be uh, a reality check this year. They were not going to go 11-2 and two again. And if you thought they were, all you had to do was look at how their roster stacked up to other, to other teams. So maybe they'll get, they'll get one of the big three, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. But the real, they, they just do not have the talent. Like, and they lost a good chunk of their talent that made them better last year. And now, you know, they're mediocre. And, and I don't say that to disparage anybody. It's just that's the state of the Michigan State program, which they weren't mediocre two years ago. They were, like, they were worse than terrible. They were terrible. They were horrible. So... Michigan State is a mediocre team. Minnesota might be really good. And I think an underrated game that's coming down the pike is Minnesota-Penn State. That's their the Penn State's whiteout game. That game for a whiteout now looks pretty, pretty smart. 
I just saying that's going to be a dynamite dynamite game I think. So Minnesota really really excited about them. Um I'll take a minute to talk about Northwestern and Purdue. Uh Purdue Aiden O'Connell didn't play and they survived Florida Atlantic. I I hope Aiden O'Connell is okay. I have not looked at or seen what's going on with him. But if he can't go, I think Purdue's going to run into a lot of issues. You know, the, the loss to Penn State doesn't look as bad. You know, that's not as bad. Their loss to Syracuse. You know, Syracuse is 4-0. They're ranked in the top 25. They should have beat Syracuse. Honestly, you can make a case that they should have beaten Penn State. But I hope that Aiden O'Connell can go for them. I, I need to look up and see what, what his status is, but... I hope that he's okay because I think Purdue still has a shot in the West. I think if they can they can get the quarterback healthy and they can kind of – I think Jeff Brom needs to make better decisions as a play caller and as a as a head coach. So Northwestern, I don't know what to say. They're one and three. They lost to Miami of Ohio, and that's after losing to a really bad Southern Illinois team and losing to a not very good Duke team. I just don't know what to say, except like maybe Pat Fitzgerald has worn out his welcome. Like, he's a really good coach, and I'm not advocating that they fire him, but this is two years in a row now where Northwestern has not just been like bad, but they've they've been horrendous, and it's it's three of the, three out of the past four years. So I, I thought Pat Fitzgerald would at least have them at three and one. By this point, but instead they're they're one and three, and I don't know if there's a win left on the schedule. Like I think this is going to be a rough last two thirds of the season for Northwestern, and I'm not sure what Pat Fitzgerald is going to do because they're they're terrible right now. And if you're a Wildcat fan, I'm sorry. I, that's just the reality of it. They're just not very good. Last two games uh, we'll talk about is Penn State Central Michigan. Penn State they 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 suffered a little bit of a hangover after Auburn. I don't think it's anything to worry about. You know, it was fourteen to fourteen midway through the second quarter. Penn State was playing Central Michigan. Central Michigan's not very good. Central Michigan has scored some points. They scored forty four against Oklahoma State, but. I think I think that the thing to take away from the Penn State game is they're a little lethargic. I think they'll be fine. They play uh, they play Northwestern next week. I think they'll get it together against Northwestern before their bye week. And then I, the big noon kickoff game, Maryland Michigan. I, I I alluded to this in the beginning. I think if Maryland were coached by someone who is more attentive to detail. And I think if Talia were Tua, we are talking about Maryland upsetting Michigan. Now, before everyone gets on my case and says, well, of course Talia is not Tua. Tua is a first-round pick, and Talia won't be a first-round pick. My, my point in saying that is this. If they had a quarterback who did not have a penchant for making the bad throw, and if Mike Loxley actually had his team play disciplined football, which are two things that, Honestly, 
I think if you're more disciplined, like you can do that. I thought Maryland played Michigan pretty tough. I thought the lines of scrimmage were, I wouldn't say that Maryland matched them up front because Blake Corum did run for a bajillion yards, uh, 30 carries, 243 yards, two touchdowns. But I thought they made a lot of life difficult for Michigan. J.J. McCarthy was, he was, he was good. Wouldn't say he was great. Um, the receivers were okay. They weren't great. I, I'm not sure. I just don't know what to think about Michigan right now because they they played three awful teams, including Colorado State, who just got beat by Sacramento by like 31 points. Like the, the I mean, this is the the reality. It's like. What has Michigan proven? I, I don't know if Michigan's proven anything. And people want to say that Michigan's better than Ohio State right now. And I'm like, listen, you beat Maryland by seven. Good for you. Talia was hurt. He made a, threw a really bad pick because he missed an, a wide-open receiver. Maryland spotted you seven points at the beginning of the game. And then every other team that you've played has gotten blown out by a bad team. Like Hawaii got blown out by Vandy. UConn gets blown out by everybody. Colorado State got just got blown out by Sacramento. Like, you have done nothing to show me that you should be the number four ranked team. Honestly, you haven't shown me that you're the second best team in the Big Ten at this point. Like, I, I'm, I'm very close to making the, the swap that Penn State is the second best team in the er, in the Big Ten and the number four or five team in the country because I've seen speed and talent on Penn State that I'm not sure I'm seeing yet at Michigan. And I think the defense is not as good as we thought. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously I think Michigan can get there, but I, I think I would put in terms of power rankings, I think what I would do is Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan at this point. Um, I think in the top 10, I, I think Penn State might be above Michigan. I think Tennessee is definitely above Michigan. I think Clemson is probably ahead of Michigan, although that I, I hold that loosely. But I see at least – some some better signs of life with Clemson than I do with Michigan right now, and that's not saying much because I'm not I'm not super sold on Clemson. So I I think the top ten is gonna be crazy. Um, last thing before I go, I I feel very good for Adrian Martinez that he got the win over Oklahoma, but I I couldn't help but feel a bit of irony that the week after Oklahoma crushed Nebraska. The former Nebraska quarterback leads Kansas State to an upset win over Oklahoma. And I don't know, I don't think Kansas State is all that good because I mean they just lost to Tulane last week and now they come and beat Oklahoma. Tough loss for Oklahoma. But I said it last week. I'm like, I just don't know. You know, everyone was saying that Oklahoma was this physical team that everybody's great. I'm like, you can't judge anything from it because Nebraska's not good. And they laid an egg last week. Now, will they lay another egg? Well, I don't know. But I think Colin Coward was talking about how Oklahoma was now the number two team in the country. And I'm just sitting there like, 
what what are you talking about? And now this week they they lose. And I'm like, yeah. They're like they didn't prove anything last week. They beat a bad Nebraska team. Good for them. So I but in all seriousness, kudos to Adrian Martinez. That that kid has been around for a while, played a heck of a game. And uh, I, you know, I feel bad for Nebraska fans that they have to be reminded again of kind of the the current gloom and doom around their program. So, good luck to Nebraska the rest of the way. Good rest. Good luck to the rest of the Big Ten teams. This has been the Week Four recap. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. I'll be back with Week Five picks later this week. Take care. God bless. 